Here we go. The three amiibos are here, recording for you. If you play the games, you can join in too. Put your hands together. Give them a rub as we take you to Donkey Kong Games Club. Huh, DK. Donkey Kong. The crew is back. You know them well. Connor, July, and Jeremy will kick some tail. We'll cover eight games every other week. Otacon will piss himself like a freak. From arcades to tropical freeze, this games club will meet all of your needs. Huh, DK, Donkey Kong, PA. Patreon.com. Be sure to go to patreon.com slash super NPC radio and subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier to hear each episode of the Donkey Kong Games Club. Patreon.com slash super NPC radio at the $10 DJ Toad tier. What's that? It's gonna be bananas. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast that I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to discuss a meaningful video game from some point in their life. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing the game fun, special, and what our guests might enjoy about it, as we will, about the context of how and when they had this meaningful experience, uh, whether it was for the first time whether they've revisited it, I don't know. We're going to hear from them, and then we'll figure out what that is. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that if you want to support the show, there's a few ways you can do that. You can follow us on uh, social media in a few places. We're on Instagram at callmebyyourgamepod. We're also on Twitter at callmebyyourgame. Uh, but on Twitter, there's just one Y in the username, so that's B-Y-O-U-R. There you can see the episodes that are coming out every Wednesday, uh, or if we have any bonuses or previews for special co-op episodes that are coming out. You can see the fun art that I make for every episode uh, from my beautiful template. And you can also learn a little bit about our guest and if there is an opportunity to do so, how to support them. Uh, you can also support the show by rating and reviewing us in the Apple Podcast Store. And if it's a lovely, positive review, I'll even read it on the show. Uh, you can share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general, uh, they love the game we are discussing for the main event today, or happen to be a gosh darn fan of the wonderful guest we've got for today. Um, you can also check us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, where there's a ton of additional bonus content uh, that is all video game related from this network. You've got the Call Me By Your Game co-op series, um, which is a monthly uh, book club style deep dive into a game from me and a panel of guests. There's uh, the reactivators are there, inside video games and gaming, and then uh, with July, and then of course, video games and comedy show. And right now we're doing our Donkey Kong Games Club. So if you like the Donkey Kong series, Heck, check out that uh, URL that's in the show notes and uh, consider supporting us there. 
But that'll do it for the introduction of the episode. And now I will welcome uh, my very patient guest uh, to the microphone, Will Hines. Welcome to the show. Hello, Connor. Greetings. Hey, greetings right back at you. <laughs> it's uh, it's so good to have you. This is one of those episodes that I, I love to frame as uh, being long awaited because you've <laughs> actually been on the show before. That's right. And uh, for the uh, for a co-op episode, which I was just referring to, I believe it was – I know the game. It was Spider-Man's uh, Miles Morales. Yep. Uh, launch game for the PS5, also came out on the PS4. And um, that was way back in December 2019 – or 2020, 2019. Would have been a different world if it was 2019. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, you came on and we we had a really fun chat with Matt Apodaca and Edgar Montplacier about uh, a, that game. And it was also in the free feed. So – Listener, if if you want to hear that episode, uh, it's not behind uh, the paywall. It's also just somewhere deep, deep in the caverns just, of the show's history. Just scroll back to December 2020 and check it out. Yes, if your thumbs can handle the lengthy scroll, <laughs> then uh, you will have earned your right to listen to the episode. But so, Will, had you on a long time ago. I know uh, a little bit, and we're going to get into your history with games, but I, I've just seen you. Uh, be enjoying games, uh, you know, on our, our social media feeds. Yes. So I'm extra excited to have you on today. Um, but I do, you know, I know you like I know the majority of my guests uh, through the Los Angeles improv community. A lot of the times I can't actually place when we first met, but I'm pretty sure I know. Um, oh, can okay. I tell you this moment? Yeah, please tell me. Um, and it's not some moment where you, uh, was like outside of, of UCB and like, Will notice me, Will. And you, and you, you know, spat Begrudgingly, on me or, yeah. yeah Begrudgingly or like, wasted my ugh, attention on this, on this, you know, <laughs> nobody. Yes. Thankfully, you know, while I was a nobody and, so, and remained so, what, this is not what happened. <laughs> uh, you, I, I was thinking about it today. And you filled in to coach us for a, a Buster's Mess Hall practice way oh. back in the year 2017, I think because uh, um, a mutual enemy of ours, Johnny's Forsbine, must have rubbed you into it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because Johnny and I are on an indie team together and we're, we're friends. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's how it would have gone down. Was your, who was your regular coach? I think I knew your regular coach back then, too. Was Sarah Claspel? No. Uh, yeah, well, we had a two-parter. Uh, first half of the year was uh, Sarah Claspel, and second half was uh, Andrew Hansen. Okay, yeah. So, and I'm friends with both those guys. So, yeah, it makes sense. I would have gotten roped in somehow. I think I, I remember this. Yeah, because uh, Buster was really fun. Buster was a good fun team, good vibes, good teamwork. Even despite having Johnny on it, you guys. You know, it, it, some say that's actually what uh, just brought us all together was that just <laughs> mutual journey of trying to just every single show work around whatever Johnny was going to do. <laughs> Uh, didn't you also coach uh, Cardinal Redbird for a little bit, maybe at that time? Uh, yeah, I was a I was a longtime coach for Cardinal Redbird. Okay, I was one of their main I was one of their main coaches. Um, in their early days, uh, me and Billy Merritt kind of kind of tra- traded coaching times when Cardinal Redbird was a young team. Gotcha. Um, but I got I got really close to them. Like I really jibed well with them, and I sort of became friends with them. Um. Every time one of them gets married, I go to the wedding and see all of them again, and it's really fun. They're just they're really they're really giddy, silly bunch. They're total goofballs. Uh, total goofballs. Uh, when I 
when I first started taking class uh, at, and this is how, this is the quickest I think I've ever pivoted to making the show about me six minutes, six and a half minutes in. Um, but I remember when I, I first took class, I wasn't going to see Harold shows. I was going to see uh, a, a Thursday late night show, uh, last day of school plus Convoy. Right. Great show. But, phenomenal show. Uh, but then when I got back into class about a year and a half later after taking through the third level, I started finally going to see Harold shows because they, they – in the school, they're often telling you that that's a, that's a great thing you should do and you can yeah. learn the form that we're all uh, figuring out. And I saw so much of Cardinal Redbird um, that I grew to love them too. It was kind of like when the era where them and Outside Dog were formed, I want to say around a similar time. They were. They were formed around November uh, 2013, I think. Okay, there we yeah. go. Um, I may, maybe I caught them like a like a year and a half in, but I always had fun and then got to know I think just about everybody on that team, and they're they're so much fun. Um, so I, this is a that was a long road just just to say that I met you because we had uh, you had coached a Buster's practice, but then got to know you over the years. We've played some shows together. Um, we've uh, socialized. We've even, as we've, we said, go for it. We've acted a little bit together. We've, we've been. Oh my gosh! Yes, we've we've acted in some stuff. You know, we've been professionals together. We've been on yeah. we've been on the same call sheet. Yes, we have. Uh, that was a uh, that was a very fun surprise for me to see your name on there, and uh, and it's something that. I was actually just reminiscing about this. This is a, this will be a very fun uh, name drop for the show. I hadn't seen Paul Rust since our final day of shooting the show that is just still – it's nowhere to be found. Okay, right, um, yeah. I, w- I wondered what happened to it. 4D printer. I actually can tell you what happened to it because I oh. have I have the ear of uh, – I won't get into it, but okay. maybe <laughs> off pot I'll tell you because it, it I – It was a funny or die affiliated – Yes. Thing that was going to be released. I don't even know where, but like pr- pretty ambitious shoot. And Paul Rust was the star. Yes. And a time tra- a printer that let somebody travel through time. So it was a time travel choose your own adventure show. Uh, and Paul Rust and Nicole Byer as the leads. Um, but just last week, so it's funny. I I forgot that we both did that together. Last week at my job, who comes in to get uh, some food? But Paul Rust hadn't seen him in two and a half years, and I was like, surely he's not going to remember me. Yeah, and he did, and we ended up. I ended up ignoring my job and talking to him for about a half hour. It was super busy. <laughs> it was, but he was also mentioning the show, and uh, th- when I first got the call sheet as well, I was like, I had no idea who was involved outside of myself and the director. Yeah. Um, so yeah, getting to do that with you all was a blast. So yeah, we've done we've we've gone down the road of all sorts of involvement. We've hung together. out in a lot of arenas. Look, I I feel we should blessed, be I closer. Yeah, in fact, what's wrong shame with us that we've prevented ourselves from getting to know each other more? We've See, had ample is, opportunity. We've had so many opportunities. This this being a a, a, a close and intimate hour hour and fifteen <laughs> minutes that we'll get to spend together will finally take us over the hump. I like to think. Okay, good. I think so. Um, it's a lot of pressure on us after this show. Um, we're going to do it. We, we're going to nail it. Um, that's how I know you and how I'm aware of you. But Will, what do you want to share about yourself? Who are you? What should the audience know about you? Uh, see, I am um, an actor, writer, and improv teacher who lives in Los Angeles. Um, and I, um, I've been out here for about eight or nine years. Before that, I lived in New York City for like 15 years. 
and I was involved with the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater for like most of its existence, pretty close to when it started in New York. And then I moved out to LA and kept pestering that community. <laughs> um, I've acted in a, a, a fat handful of small parts on television, still looking for that big part that'll bring you to the next level. The but a, it's so fat. It's so fat. It's just hard to wrap my fingers around it. <laughs> and yet I can. <laughs> Um, and that's fun. And I, and I teach a lot of improv, which I really like doing. Um, you have your own school of improv. I see. I founded my own school over the pandemic called the world's greatest improv school. Uh, it was online only at first because everything was online only. And recently I've started doing in-person stuff in Los Angeles and that's really fun. And yeah, that, that's, that's kind of who I am, uh, as like a human being. Um, let's see, I'm not married, uh, uh, any takers out there? God, takers, we got a bunch just, of listeners. Just somebody, somebody, let me know. Um, you know, I, yeah, I like I like to be a, a rebel who 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 says no to society's normal path for human Look beings. No day jobs, no marriages. And, you know what? Um, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, you've well, for, I have a couple questions things for you. Okay. Uh, well. One, I want to uh, pimp you into uh, telling us where we can find your improv school if people oh, are interested. Sure. It's wgimprovschool.com. Great. Uh, the initials are W-G-I-S. You can search for that also if you Google that. It'll, it'll awesome. come up. Yeah. And for, for anything you want to plug, including that, I'll put a link in the show notes. Oh, great. Um, so people can just, just – it's a click or a thumb tap away. Um, and then there was something else I was going to – ask you or lead you to but it's escaping me at this moment i mean in terms of non-video game stuff that's 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 pretty much me i mean i i I do dabble in lots of i mean i'll do stand up a fair amount uh i i'm way less accomplished at that than i am at improv but i i've done a fair fair amount of it and i can sort of get by if i have to um have you I've, i've i've done a handful of big shows that way i'm on a million podcasts it seems uh like i'm on <laughs> comedy bang bang a lot which i really enjoy and that's did you a, just that's tour a, with them the, yeah they did a live tour and i was on a couple awesome. of the dates of the live tour which was that was pretty thrilling for me that was like that's like not i it's uh, that's not something i usually do i mean i wouldn't have been like insulted or even noticed if I had not been taken on that tour, for example. Sure. But I was invited to do a couple nights and it was really great. Really enthusiastic crowds and uh, really, really fun uh, hanging out with it, Paul of Tompkins. Um, it, it looked like a blast uh, seeing I on a few people's socials. I think it is. Like sometimes stuff on social looks good, <laughs> but behind the scenes it's a nightmare, you know, like somebody's got pictures of them around their spouse, but really that spouse is at each other's throats. You know, somebody's at a brunch place and they show you a lovely, you know, sort of egg in the hole sandwich, but in real life that sandwich tasted like shit and cost $30 or whatever. But, um, this tour I think looked fun and it was fun. It was, it was just sort of very silly, easy fun. I'm glad. Um, you also, you've hosted a few podcasts, uh, in your life as well. I can think of two of them. Is there more than two or are there? I've done a bunch. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of uh, um, screw it. We're just going to talk about the Beatles, yep, which I it. which I listened to a little bit of. Love Great. that show. Oh, and thank then you. you're welcome. And then uh, I will write your book as well because that was oh. a campfire show, right? That's right. Yeah, campfire yes. media. Me and Pam Murphy were like playing a ghost writing team who would write people's books for them. It was like improvised <laughs> comedy, so people would come on as a character saying they wanted a book written, and 
we would make stuff up. I, I really liked it. Uh, I'm going to say it never found its audience, maybe as mm. a way to say. And so after sure. like 60 or 70 episodes, we, we hung it up. That's a pretty good college try right there. I think so. You know, it's funny with podcasts. You do you do it for like a year and stop and people are like, wow, you barely tried. I'm like, it was a year. Yeah, it was a truly. year. Yeah, that's you – know? and especially if you're doing something weekly, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of time and energy. Yeah. So. Um, we started like three weeks before the pandemic and then got shut down and then it was all over Zoom. And I do think that took some momentum away from us. But um, after a while, I was just like, Pam, I, I need a break. And so we, yeah. we, we stopped. Although I, I really did enjoy doing it. And I love the campfire guys. I also have Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. Me and my brother talk about oh, comic yeah. books. and the some Kevin? So, my brother Kevin. That's right. Yes, Connor. See, we are becoming friends. Look at us. And, um, Familiarity. To- I'm, I'm uh, making connection here. <laughs> <laughs> And I used to do one called Don't Get Me Started with Anthony King where we would oh, cool. get guests on and just talk about anything besides their job. Um, and that was really fun too. That's a, awesome. A cult favorite, I would say that was. Um, well, thank you for uh, for just giving me such a rich background of you know what you do <laughs> and, and wherever you've been. It is, really, it is really fun to – I mean most of that I was aware of, but it's still fun to hear a little bit. For like how my guest is going to talk about themselves as much as it's like the most to some the most uncomfortable thing to be asked just to it's like hard tell to do us it, about but yourself. in our modern society you were asked to write your own biography pretty frequently and you got to yes. get used to it and i gotta say if i were going to grade you a plus mister <laughs> pretty <laughs> great you. you're welcome um Will, uh, we are here to talk about uh, video games. Um, We're, of course, in a second going to hear just about your general history with games. But I would like you to tell the audience the game that you've brought on to discuss for the main event a little later. Uh, I'm here to discuss Arkham Knight. I love Uh, it. A little bit of of the Batman variety. A little bit of a throwback of the Batman variety, yes. Uh, I'm I'm very excited to hear about this. Uh, It's truly just... Even thinking about this episode, I've been like, "Hmm, I want to play a Batman game." So you've yes. already got, you've already motivated me a little bit. Mm, great. Um, we uh, we've we've discussed one game in the Arkham series before. I think way back, episode eight or so, Vic Michaelis came on to discuss Arkham Asylum. So this oh, is nice. kind of it's always fun when we get another in the series. It's interesting. You're skipping Arkham City, which is pretty much agreed upon to be the best in the series. And is uh, Origin? Is Origin between City and this one, or is Origin, origin is after? between City and Night? Okay, gotcha. Um, I think that's regarded as the worst one, although it's also good. It's just gotcha. something's got to be in the last slot, and that one's there. Even in the category of greats. Uh, yes. Well, I'm really excited to get into it with you a little bit later and hear, you know, anything you have to share about that game. But let's get into your history with gaming. I feel like I, you know, based on you sharing on social media or hearing you on different shows. I have a little bit of an idea of your, of at least your recent history. But do you, when, do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? What's easy I, for you? Ooh, I want to say it and I want you to tell me if I'm right or not. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I want you to tell me when you maybe took a first interest in video games in general. Um, my first, my, I, I kind of modern games. I started when the Spider-Man game came out on PS4, uh, September of 2018. Yes. Uh, I really hadn't played games, modern games, before that. Um, when I was a wee youngin, like very young, I played like Atari and in television and okay. er- very early first generation video games. Um, I was born in 1970, so Atari was like a around 1980 phenomenon. So when I was Amazing. 10. And it was like 
such a huge quantum leap forward to play any video game at all. Like the old Atari games look so hilariously lo-fi, but it, <laughs> it was like magic to be able yeah. to interact with your television. Like that was crazy. Um, and I also mm. played a lot of text adventures back then in the early eighties, like personal computing games like Zork and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I mean, I, I was a completist. I played like wow. dozens of those games. And Did you ever play the text version of Oregon, the Oregon trail? Yes. Oh, so cool. Yes. Um, and so, uh, you know, a lot of those, you know, when I was a, a young teenager, uh, but then I, I sort of fell out as basically as games actually got good as like the Nintendo super, super Nintendo visited its, ra- uh, its force upon the world and, and <laughs> super Mario brothers and stuff. I was kind of aging out of it and I, mm. I never really played any of those. I never played Zelda or, or any of, and you know, systems would evolve and I would hear about like halo and, um, other just sort of phenomenon of video game stuff would happen. Red dead redemption one. I remember everybody playing. I like to imagine that during this time too, from that early point in childhood, when you took an interest to modern gaming, you're just living through like a, a bunch of decades. Like it's a fever dream. Like you're going through the sixties, like, yeah, three just picture times. like me walking down the street and there's like a montage of neon signs yes. over my head. And, and I'm like evolving into a beatnik and then a businessman and then like, you know, a, a, a teacher. Um, <laughs> so I would hear about stuff, but I, I never really played it. And then um, Spider-Man came out on the PS4. I went over to Alex Berg's place and tried it because I'm a huge mm. Spider-Man fan and people were raving about this game. I remember the same thing happened with Spider-Man 2 that was on oh, yes. <laughs> PlayStation 2. That one also got like a ton of attention. Oh, excuse Ooh, me. I I, here. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> I played that Spider-Man 2 as well. I... I was uh, I was not a comics kid at mm-hmm. all growing up, but when the first Spider-Man movie came out, I think like a lot of people, I was very captured by it. So was excited for the second one, was anticipating it, and that second game, uh, played it on my GameCube, had a wonderful time. I mean, I remember lots of people when that game was out telling me, Will, you got to play this. And for whatever reason, I resisted. I didn't have a system or I don't know. But like, so the same kind of fervor happened around uh. the PS4 edition and uh, this time I went over to Alex Burke's house and I played it for like 45 minutes or so. And I loved it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I want to play this. So I bought yeah. the system to get Spider-Man played it. And that began a pretty passionate run of video gaming. Like I fell in totally. Um, Floodgates are open. Yeah. I I've only had the PlayStation, although I played a couple of PC games, but I don't have like a good beefy PC setup. Mm-hmm. So the only PC games I can play are pretty like, light on the CPU. Yeah. Um, but I, I started playing a ton of games that you could get on the PS4. Um, and I found out that I like to play games to completion. So I'll get, a game will get its hooks in me and I, I will not let go until I've hundred percent of it long past the point where I'm actually enjoying it. I'm just compelled <laughs> to like check everything off my lists. Got to get that platinum trophy. Yep. Yeah. So, cause I, you've played, uh, the, you've, you've proclaimed this before, I think, or maybe we were messaging about it, but you've played the first Spider-Man three times. I played it so many times now it's, I've played it at <laughs> least six times all the way through and each wow. of the DLCs I played three times at least. Awesome. Um, cause I wanted to play all the difficulty levels. Oh yeah, of course. Um, and the new game plus and. Then I wanted to play the hardest difficulty level without the benefit of New Game Plus to see if I could get through it. And I played it a million. It would be like my end of the night vegging out. 
I'll put gotcha. 20 minutes in on Spider-Man. Like I'll, I'll just mindlessly swing around and beat the crap out of a bunch of NPCs. And Yeah, you're like, yeah, surely the web is going to hold them there and they'll be rescued by the authorities. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of leaps of faith in that Spider-Man yeah, game. Absolutely. But and then um, then it led to since so since fall of 2018, I went from truly never having played a double joystick controller to like playing tons of games. And I've, and I've played a ton since then. Um, and uh, I'll usually take little short breaks and then pick up another one and, and, mm. and dive dive all into it. And um, I appreciate a wide variety of them. Some grab me more than others. I'll usually finish a game if I start it, although I've given myself permission to walk away from a couple that just, just weren't for me. That's healthy too, because as, yeah, as you someone do it. Who, who has had uh, t- possibly too much experience with video games, uh, it can be an interesting experience where you feel that guilt about walking away. But if you're just not feeling it, like yeah. it's, I ho- I'm glad that you understand that that's okay for you. But if I'm like 80% of the way through, I will muscle through it no matter what. You're like, let's see the end of this. Yeah. Um, would you, uh, I know, I know a few of these games, but I would love, I keep saying, like, I know so much about your gaming experience, Will. Yeah, I think uh, just cause you're a nice person and you've paid it. It's truly sweet. You know, I lived in New York for 15 years and I came out to LA both times, super immersed in the UCB community. So I was always like making comparisons between the temperaments of those places. Okay. They had a, a ton in common, first of all. Uh, certainly when compared to the regular world, yeah. <laughs> the uh, UCB New York and UCB LA people had way more in common than not. But one of the main differences, uh, UCB LA was just friendlier, just friendlier, uh-huh. just sunnier, just more likely to say, hey, how are you? Hey, I noticed you were on this trip. Hope that went well. Oh, You do a great. show, LA people slapping the back, say, hey, good show. And they mean it. Yes. Whereas <laughs> in New York, there is some currency to sort of like mm. kind of be a shit and talk shit in, in a friendly way, but it's still... Dressed up in in some bile. Yes, absolutely. And so uh, I, I think you're just you're being nice in a, in a in a very healthy way. Thank you. Uh, n- that'll help me be a little less self deprecating uh, when I'm noticing behaviors of mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all that being said, uh, would you uh, name a couple of other uh, like experience like video game experiences that you've had since 2018 that stood out to you? Sure. Um, uh, well, I'll talk about Arkham when we get to, to our game of the episode, but playing cool. the Arkham games was a big experience. Uh, playing The Last of Us and Last mm. of Us Part 2 really blew me away. I really fell hard for Red Dead Redemption Part 2 and went insane yes. over that game. Small handful of little like puzzle games like The oh. Return of the Obra Dinn and uh, whatever happened to oh. Edith Finch and uh, Witness. Uh, Witness is, is fairly large, but it's a, it's a puzzle-solving game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those, those like, is this, is this the kind of thing you're, you're this looking is, for? This is exactly what I'm looking um, for. And my, it's fun because a lot, a handful of these, I don't know. I, I've, I guess from the outside Return of the Obra Dinn is not totally famous and ne- neither is Edith Finch. I mean, it's, it's well regarded and lots of people know, but it's not like, it's not like Last of Us where it's like a blockbuster game. Some AAA title. Yeah. yeah. Subnautica was one I played. That's where you have okay. to survive on an alien planet and fashion a lot of weapons and stuff like that. Um, Mass Effect 1 and 2 I played. Uh, oh, Horizon wow. Zero Dawn, God of War. Um th- th- these are all pretty big too. Uh like they would they be whole chunks of my life would vanish as I <laughs> as I played these games. Um played a little Marvel's Avengers um and 
I can't recall other ones right now, but I would sort of I would just sort of get sucked into to lots of stuff. I'm playing Deathloop right now in the PS5. Oh, Portal 2 I really enjoyed, Hades I really enjoyed. Just naming so many incredible games. I think they're all pretty good. Like I did try to like really pick ones that were very lauded. Mm-hmm. Uh rather than just try anything because I was kind of making up for lost time. The Witcher is one I didn't play, but I I want to get to The Witcher 3. Okay. Uh, and the Bioshock games I never played, and I'd like to try those. Ooh. But I, I, I never I haven't gotten to those. Hearing you, it's funny that you bring up Deathloop because I played it when it came out last year, and it was a, a very unique and fun experience for me. Um, but if you liked, if you enjoyed that game, it's not the same type of experience. But I would say that Bioshock did some interesting things in their world building. Uh, and they're sort of uh, puzzle solving, but in like a, but masked in a first person shooter, I guess, skin or mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, framework mm-hmm, that felt like Deathloop sort of took some of what they did and made it their own. Uh, but I, I've only played the first Bioshock, but it was a pretty great experience. Yeah, I, I, I've heard nothing but great things about the series. And so I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to do that. Um, you most recently, were you playing, uh, you were playing Zero Dawn or Forbidden West? I was playing, I've, I've played both, but most recently I was doing Forbidden West. Um, and then I replayed Arkham Knight and then I did Ratchet and Clank on the PS5. Uh, Rift Apart is what it's called. I just got, I got got a PS5 somewhat recently, so I wanted some PS5 games. I, I'm excited to hear this because I, for the, I remember when we did the Miles Morales episode, you played that on PS4. Yes. And so this is great news. Yep. I got, and then I've downloaded the Miles PS5 version. I played like 30% of the way through on PS5 just to feel the speed. Yes. Um, and that was, that was really fun. So, uh, yeah, I've kind of dived, dived in a lot. My brother, my youngest brother got married in October 2020 of the pandemic. And um, he did a very small ceremony. This was pre-vaccine. And uh, yes. our father, me and my brother's father, is like, uh, he's old, right? And he has emphysema. So he was particularly scared of COVID, understandably. Mm-hmm. So it was like, Will, we're going to do a wedding, but everyone's got to quarantine for two weeks. Like okay. hardcore quarantine. So I flew to Connecticut, rented an Airbnb in a basement and just lived in there for two weeks to quarantine. Like truly wow. I felt like I was an Antarctic research station <laughs> and that, and I played red dead redemption too. I started it the day of my quarantine and just played it nonstop. And it's a great thing to do when you're in quarantine anyway. It's like, well, I'll just lose myself yes. in a massive game. Sounds like a, not that you want to shut yourself away from the world for a couple weeks, but if you're going yeah, like, to have to do that. It's nothing you should seek out, but if life <laughs> gives you the situation where you have to, it was a pretty fun way to do it. I'm sensing some listeners getting tempted to do it. I'm going to say, no, don't. But if you have to, um, is there anything, uh, the last question I've got for you is, are there any games or is there like one game you've got your eye on to venture into at some point soon? Yeah. Bioshock is definitely one that I've thought about. Um, and I'm really curious about Mass Effect 3, Witcher 3. Those are games that I sort of am thinking about. But I think I want something weird first. Like I like to alternate big games with a little game. Okay. And so, I don't know, something a little strange. And, and those are harder. The little games tend to not be these huge marquee experiences, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm looking for like, I think they call them walking simulators, where it's basically like oh, you walk yeah. around and just like uncover story. Like I kind of want something like that. You know, 
I'll, quick, quick pitch recommendation sure. for you based on you know what you just said. A game I haven't actually played. I want to say it's called uh, the Forgotten City. Uh, okay. Also, I want to say it is somewhat of a walking simulator in a first-person perspective. There might be a time loop involved. I want to okay. say. Yeah. So I'm I'm half pitching, half trying to remember what the game <laughs> is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think Forgotten City is what it's called. I bet it's on PS5. Uh, there was one I tried called like Kentucky Zero yes. Road or something like that. Kentucky that, Route Zero. Kentucky Route Zero. Yeah, that that was a good little like break palate cleanser game. Okay. Weird and yes. not, not too big. And I did. Oh, uh, you know what I played? I forgot to tell you was um, God, what's the one? The the crazy novel Disco Elysium. Oh. Ooh, I was this close to recommending that at the end of the show Sorry. for one of the game recommendations, but I'm glad I didn't now because you've already played it. I played it twice, uh, and I might play it again, and that was an r- incredibly unique experience. It basically is a text adventure. It's tons of text. Yes. But it um, it it is its own creature. It, it goes so far into its weird little world, and it f- – and, I mean, I – I recommend it, but you do have to, you're, you're basically playing a novel and you got to be ready for that. Okay. Uh, I I think it's worth it. I've, I've had my eye on it for a while. I've, I've heard Apodaca, uh, just, just sing its praises. So at some point I want to give it a shot, but I I gotta be ready for it. I think it's worth it. I, 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 at the same time, it's not for everybody, but but it's like, man, it really hypnotized me and it got me good. And it's very strange. Like I, it would be almost hard for me to defend if somebody was like, hey, man, I can't get into Disco Elysium. I'd be like, I get it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but. Well, uh, Will, thank you so much for walking us down uh, your general history with gaming, mostly recent as well. Yeah. Um, that was really fun to hear from you. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about uh, whatever you uh, ha- uh, whatever you want to say about Arkham Knight. We'll do it. So I can't uh, wait, I'll see you on the other side. Great. My name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I'd like to tell you about my podcast, Video Games, A Comedy Show. This is, you guessed it, a comedy show about video games. Every episode, a panel of video game-liking comedians discusses a brand new topic, the games they've been playing, and best of all, the news. Are there bits? Arguably way too many. If you like to laugh and or like to play video games, check out Video Games, A Comedy Show, anywhere podcasts can be found. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, of course, here with Will Hines to discuss Batman Arkham Knight. Will, welcome back. Great to be here, Connor. Um, like I told you before the show, uh, and the listener, if they've been listening to this, they know what they're getting into now. We're going to do uh, dive into a little bit of the history and context of what this game is before we hear a little bit from you. Um, and as I told you before... If you happen to be a historian about this game or a historian about this game, uh, or you just... I know what you mean. Yeah. Some people are really into like the story of the game itself. Yeah. So if you have anything, you know, like this is important context for what this game is or what it was when it came out, feel free to jump in at any time. 
Um, otherwise, I discovered everything after they were initially released. So all of my experience is discovering it later. Uh, yes. I don't know what it was like when this game came out. I remember people talking about it, but I, I was not yet playing games. Well, uh, we'll see if any of that comes up here. Uh, yeah. And I'll just sort of launch right into it. Um, Batman Arkham Knight is a 2015 action-adventure game developed by Rocksteady Studios and published by Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment. Based on the DC comic superhero Batman, if you could have guessed, it is the successor to the 2013 video game Batman Arkham Origins and the fourth installment in the Arkham series. Uh, We've kind of talked about that as we've gone along, but originally it was Arkham Asylum. Uh, There was Arkham uh, City Origins and then this one night mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. the game was uh the story was written by sefton hill ian ball and martin lancaster uh arkham knight is inspired by the long-running comic book mythos set nine months after the events of 2011's arkham city the game's main storyline follows batman as he confronts scarecrow who has launched an attack on gotham city causing a citywide evacuation scarecrow with a mysterious with the help of the mysterious arkham knight plots to unite all of Gotham's criminals in an attempt to finally destroy Batman. Uh, the game is, uh, from what I could tell, and Will, maybe you could shed some light on this, is presented very similarly from a gameplay perspective uh, with maybe one notable exception, uh, the Batmobile, but it's also a third-person action-adventure game where you've got your melee, your stealth, your mm-hmm. gadgets, your detective um, in the open world of Gotham City in this one. Yes. I think that you did it great. Uh, was, yes, it, was that a question yes. or were you just checking? I, I think you, you know, you I, it well. I sort of framed it as as neither, didn't I? It was I, sort I, of- <laughs> I'm not sure. I lost track. Uh, I, I was wrapped up in the way you were saying it. Oh, um, I love that. I love I love I love to confuse a guest. That's why that's when I really know I'm doing it well. <laughs> um, uh, so that's I think. Uh, unless there's any notable like elements that are important for just the gameplay, that's sort of yeah. I think the Arkham games, from what I can gather, and I wasn't playing when they came out, but just in talking to video game people after, yeah. they are a little an entity unto themselves that like mm-hmm. proved that like intellectual property can be a good game and not just a gimmick money grab. And the particular way that the Arkham thing was organized with like fight mechanics, mm-hmm. skill tree open world, main quest, side quest, the the way that was balanced in the Arkham game, I think became a model to where, I mean, certainly I think all those elements had been done in various ways before, but they did it so well that like when I played my Spider-Man game in PS4, everyone's like, oh yeah, that's like happy Arkham. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and that made me want to play Arkham. There we go. Um, and so I, I think like the Arkham games is like a watershed moment of figuring out how to do these sort of like superhero, whether it's capital S or lowercase s, you know, whether it's like an actual comic book hero like Batman or like Kratos of God of War, where mm-hmm. it's like just its own video game character, but some kind of superpower protagonist that you control, uh, a way to like do that in a satisfying way. So like Arkham Knight is the last, I guess at this point, the most recent chapter in it. And the big difference is the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. And the world's a little bigger. The The Gotham City world of Arkham Knight is a little bit bigger than Arkham City and bigger than Arkham Asylum. But the real difference is that you you have to deal with driving the Batmobile. Yes, the, rest, the rest of it is kind of just building on what was done before. The, the 
the Batmobile thing is is truly until doing research for the game, the only thing I knew about it was that it was the one with the Batmobile. That's um, that's a fair way to think of it. That's definitely how <laughs> it distinguishes itself. Even on the cover, I'm looking right now, and it's Batman uh, with a cape, uh, cape, a, cape, a gape, maybe. Uh, sure, maybe. <laughs> that's a way to say it. Uh, just uh, hovering right over, well, hovering, flying over the Batmobile. Um, the development on the game uh, began in 2011 after the completion of Arkham City. Uh, and Rocksteady opted to use its own writers this time for the main story with collaboration by comic book writer Jeff Johns. Um, and then uh, the int- the oh here we are. Uh, Arkham Knight was released worldwide on June twenty third, twenty fifteen, for the PS four, Xbox One, and Windows. Uh, the console versions of the game received generally favorable reviews, with praise directed at its visuals, gameplay combat and world design with the most criticism directed at the storytelling uh as this article puts it uh overuse of the batmobile and the portrayal of the arkham knight character um and it was yeah it was the final one as you already said in the series it sold five million copies by october 2015 so in all likelihood a lot more by this point um and now there hasn't been a direct follow-up um, but the cont- a continuation of the series, I guess, still remains to be seen what this will be. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is set to release spring 2023. Um, hmm. Is there any other you know, context uh, that's privy to this game that we should share before diving into your experience? No, I, I think I think that's it. It's one of the Arkham games, which means it's one of the all-time famous, well-respected superhero games. I think this one is seen as a little bit of a step down from Arkham mm. City, but it's still a beloved game. Yes. Um, yeah. I did poll a, a group of friends in a video game chat earlier and asked, who, what's everyone's favorite Arkham game? Got a lot of cities in there. Got yeah, everyone as- picked City or Asylum. It was we got an asylum. The the sicko freak Nick Costanza, the Cod King, said yep. asylum. But yep. I that's the one I'm most interested in playing, just because it's the first and I have started it before. It's uh, a great game. I mean, it's a and it's a. I think it came out in 2009, and it still yeah. is. I played it in 2019, and it was great. Like okay. it's it really holds up. I think they did do like a remastered version where they updated a lot of the graphics, mm. but I mean everything was done and. The, the story and all that stuff was mapped out in 2009 and it's still really good. Okay. Uh, well, it, it truly, I think and like C- I, City, City is the best of them, but for some reason I have replayed Arkham Knight the most. And I think it's because I like the Batmobile. Yes. That's not everybody's opinion, but I really like tooling around in that Batmobile. So I love awesome. it. Awesome. I've, I've also doing research. I've, I've seen there's a, like a, there's two modes in the Batmobile. There's like a battle mode and yes. then the pursuit mode. Yes. That's right. Awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about just the differences in these? It sounds pretty okay, yeah, self-explanatory. So, here's the crazy <laughs> thing. so I, I think before Arkham Knight, the, the main star of the Arkham games was the melee, like mm. getting into fights. Like Batman's fight system is really impressive. You're, you, you can get by some fights with button mashing, but what it really wants you to do is to show restraint in your fighting mm. And only issue an attack when your previous one is finishing. So it rewards you to get into this rhythm oh. of like attack, pause, attack, dodge. Like like at this speed, I'm yeah. saying it. attack, dodge, attack, jump, counter, like that. 
And you have to be doing it in response to what's happening. If you get into that flow, you start to like ramp up the, I think it is called flow. Every time Mm. you successfully issue a thing without getting struck, your combo meter goes up. And when your combo meter gets to like 20, like when you've done 20 things in a row without being interrupted, you suddenly become a superhuman fighting okay. dreadnought and you can just start to wipe the floor with everybody, which is that your that power diminishes the minute you are hit. So yes. and it's really fun and the animations are hilarious. Like you are flipping villains over your head, you're breaking their bones, you're just like <laughs> blocking with your fist, you're reaching behind you without looking, you're tripping people. Like it's this very complicated and intricate fight thing that once I realized it was really fun. I initially was just trying to button mash my way through everything, which you can sort of do, hmm. but you don't unlock any of the fun. Gotcha. Th- then you can learn all these, like, you know, like in like in a lot of fighting games, you you acquire all these skills. Mm-hmm. So all the, there's all these extra attacks you can do, which at first you're resistant to do it because you got to learn, you got to break the inertia of a new thing and learn how to do it. But if you push through all that, Batman's fighting is the star of the show, I think. Um. But with Arkham Knight, they're like, okay, we're going to introduce a new star of the show, the Batmobile. And so you get the Batmobile, and it is an incredibly difficult to operate thing. You would think that Bruce Wayne, the millionaire genius, would design this machine that would be easy to use and just work great. But for some reason, he has designed an incredibly hard to navigate thing that goes off the road like crazy, and you it's so fast that it's can't be steered easily. (laughs) Um, The battle mode initially is quite underpowered and like slow. And it takes a long time to get good at the Batmobile. And you're just underwater when you're not literally, but you are like, it's hard to use. And so, and it makes you use it all the time. You (laughs) constantly have to drive super fast. You constantly have to fight tanks. You constantly have to jump off ramps and land in a particular thing. It You just have to be good at the Batmobile mm-hmm. to even finish Arkham Knight. Okay. So very early on, if you try to like... So there's no equivalent of button mashing your Batmobile. You just can't be bad at it. Yeah. So okay. th- this is what everybody hates. Yes. There's no way to suck at this and enjoy the game. You have to just sit down and get good at it. There's no shortcut. That, so yeah, you can't just uh, avoid it. It's a roadblock. It's part of the, it's yep. a path into the- You can like, avoid it a little bit, but yeah. not too much. And so I was playing Arkham Knight or whatever. I played Arkham Knight first. I hadn't played Arkham City or Arkham Asylum. So I got the Batmobile. It was, I had to put it on easy mode to even have a shot mm-hmm. because of the Batmobile stuff. But by by the end of the game, I was pretty good at the Batmobile. And then I immediately replayed it. And really focused on Batmobile skills. Okay, yeah. And then I, when I got good at it, it was so fun. Suddenly I'm zipping around Gotham City at like 200 miles an hour, jumping off ramps as a form of convenience, switching into battle (laughs) mode, no problem, and just wiping out enemies. I'm a behemoth, you know? I'm like a, 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 uh, a horseman of the apocalypse. Was this... What was the difference for you? Was it the patience to learn it, or it was a second playthrough? Did it uh, did it open up your eyes to an oppor- like an opportunity how to use the machine? I'm curious. Um, it was just getting good at it. Like if okay. I had taken the time on the first playthrough, I think I would have enjoyed that first one even more. But um, 
I also was learning the battle mechanics. I think most people, if you play the Arkham games in a row, you come to Arkham Knight, you already are good at the combat mechanics. And they, mm-hmm. they're not that different from the previous games. So that skill mm. is transferable, right? Like if you finish Arkham City and you're good at fighting with the Batman, you're good in Arkham Knight at fighting yeah. and the stealth stuff. But like I didn't have either. So I was learning both. So I think I focused on fighting the first time through. Um, it wasn't, you know, a lot of video games, I don't really get good at them until I do the like optional challenges that, you know, a lot of these video games have like challenges you can do that, like give you some sort of bonus abilities or they give you some more resources or something and I'll avoid them because I'm hungry for the story. But when I went through the fighting challenges of Batman, I was like, I I learned how to fight. And then I did Mm -hmm. the Batmobile challenges and learned how to drive the Batmobile. Then I could not stop playing this game. Like I loved it. It seems like an, an, you know, what is an obstacle for people if you, at least for you, you went at it during your second playthrough and embraced it and that's what unlocked it for you. The, yeah. And I, I find it curious that they designed it that way. Like, I think they should have made a little bit of an easier on-ramp for the Batmobile sure. use. Like, I think... The first like level of challenges, I think you should be able to do it while kind of sucking yeah. at, at using mm-hmm. it. And then like you quickly maybe reach some challenges that nope, you gotta get good that you gotta be faster to be able to do this. But that just doesn't exist. It's like immediate and, difficulty. I think so, yeah. Interesting. I and, and there's no sorry. there's no in the previous entries of the game, you're not prepared for it. So I think like their built in audience was frustrated, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's it it sounds like it from what I've heard from a lot of people. Um but I love that I love your uh immediate replayal to a uh, replayal <laughs> to beat Re- it. Yes. Replayal, sure, yeah. We'll take it. Um well, you I think you kind of led us he- to this point earlier. You had someone had told you that uh the Spider-Man games were like Happy Arkham. So is that the, you know, the impetus for you playing this game in the first place? Yeah, I, I was so taken with the Spider-Man game. And, of course, it, Spider-Man was my introduction to all modern gaming. Yes. Um, that even just things like good cutscenes, quality voice acting, mm-hmm. um, skill trees, uh, boss battles. Like, I just hadn't experienced any of it. And so it was all given to me via Spider-Man. I was wow. like, almost as if the as if Spider-Man had created all of those conventions. <laughs> yes. I was like, what a game. You know, it's like the, if the first movie you see, you know, is like uh, Happy Gilmore. You're like, I, that, what a what a great thing to use a narrative. Yes. Like, that's not what Happy Gilmore is known for. It just, it just is a movie. But. There's someone out there who that was their first movie and they're yeah. like, wow, I want to be a storyteller. Well, the special effects in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Um, the cinematography of, uh, you know, Billy Madison. But not um, talked about enough. Yeah, it's not it's not given this what it uh, deserves. Um, so, uh, yeah, I heard from people like frequently like, Oh, they're just using the Arkham thing. They're using the Arkham thing almost dismissively. Hmm. And so I, um, and I just, you know, heard anecdotally that these Arkham games were good. I remember when Arkham city and Arkham Knight came out, my friends who played video games were kind of raving about them. Um, so they were just kind of in my head as something to try. So I picked up Arkham Knight. I actually didn't know that it was the last one. I just like, Oh, picked it arbitrarily it does not do a good job of teaching you because i played it twice then played arkham asylum okay 
And Arkham Asylum does a, it's the first one. It does a great job of introducing everything hmm. to you, fighting, finding Riddler trophies, uh, side quests, the detective mode, which is essential in the Arkham games. But Arkham Knight just assumes you know all that. So it's like, doesn't tell you anything. It's funny because some games almost do too much in a series will do too yes. much of that handholding of of leading you down a path. And when you know it, certain for people, it can be frustrating, but it's nice when there's an option uh, because yeah. for a lot of people, the most recent game in a series like that's going to be their first as it was for you. Yeah. So I think they just they just didn't. It, to my my memory, may, maybe they were trying to teach me and I was still so new to games that I missed it. But I don't think they did a good job of teaching you the built-in Arkham mechanics. Uh, but I eventually figured them all out. Um, and so yeah, then I played Asylum and then City. And then I played Arkham Knight a third time. And I recently played it twice more. Oh, no way. Yeah, um, I wanted to play it on my PS5, but they didn't really optimize it for the PS5, so it's not it's not any different. Okay, I yes. thought they'd be like faster loading and stuff, but I don't, I don't think they've utilized any any of that mm. stuff. So, I mean, it's still a lovely game, but... Um, oh, you know what it was? The Matt Reeves Batman movie came out. Oh, um, yes. And the look of the Matt Reeves Gotham reminded me a lot of the Arkham Knight Gotham, and that made me sentimental for it. So that, that's what made me replay it. Oh, that's great. I love when something like that can just pop up in your life and you're like, hmm, what about that thing I really enjoyed? Maybe yeah. I'll do it again. Yes. yes. Um, so, I, I, you know, the mechanics of playing the game are really challenging and fun, but um, I, I also just love the presentation of Batman in this game. Yes. Because, um, you know, there's a, there's a range of Batmans from the very campy, silly, light Adam West TV show mm-hmm. to like... Batman the Animated Series sort of happy detective. Not happy, but like all business, but not grim uh, superhero. Yes. And then you got your like um, Christopher Nolan kind of like dark, you know, urgent, bleak. Uh, and then in the comics, there's even more severe, just like straight mm-hmm. up depressed, broken <laughs> you know, burdened Batman. So like um, the video game, I think strikes the right balance. It basically is Christopher Nolan with a little bit more of a sense of humor is what I would say. Oh, interesting. Like it's a bit more fanciful than the Nolans and there's a bit more funniness to it. Um, and And I like that balance better. It's serious and urgent and Batman just breaks the arms of criminals who resist him and he's just like an insane an insanely vengeful force, but eh, there's funny stuff too. And the villains are crazy and outlandish and I enjoyed it. So I like the balance of sadness and happiness in the Arkham games. Gotcha. Okay. I got, I feel like I got even a little bit of a sense of that in the half hour that I played of asylum um, was familiar because I have very limited experience of uh, Batman property outside of the movies that have been out. And I didn't even see the Reeves film, but just Getting a little taste of that, um, it was familiar but different. So that is I feel like, like you've right, f- like it's in an asylum, the first one. So that's sad and bleak and twisted mm-hmm. and weird. But it's more fun. Like the scarecrows walking around, just having a blast. Joker yeah. <laughs> is really enjoying himself. I mean, like the villains in Batman, they're all so happy. 
they're all just so psyched to be villains. The heroes yeah. are all depressed and the <laughs> villains are having a party. Um, I, I really enjoyed uh, in Arkham Knight, the villains that you end up picking up. Like the main villain is Scarecrow, but along the way you pick up a bunch of other supervillains and Joker is, is part of the story too. Um, I got wrapped. I like the story too. I mean, I, again, I think the fighting and the Batmobile are sort of the star of the show in terms of what you're supposed to enjoy moment to moment. Also the design of the city, the city is so beautiful in Arkham Knight. Like it, mm-hmm. it's just really so lovely to look at. Um, I guess that's also a big part, but I like the story and the, the characters. I, I love it. Sounds like a, many elements of this game really work for you. Yeah. It's just a, it's a well-crafted thing. You know, I, um, I, I wonder, don't even, yeah. After you, I'm sorry. Oh no, I could just ramble on. I was just going to go on to my next talking point, Connor. It would, it would be, I could be a true robot about this and just spout information. Well, then I'll, then I'll, uh, I'll, inter- interrupt. I'll interrupt and interject and just speculate, uh, that I wonder if more people, if they had, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of keep getting, st- cause I hear, hearing so much great, uh, so many great anecdotes from you about this game and the elements that you really enjoy. And it just is making me think, what if more people could have been eased on? You, you used a great term like an on-ramp, which I found yeah. kind of funny because we're talking about a talking vehicle. About a car, yeah. Right, yeah right. Uh, I didn't acknowledge it at the time, but I came back to acknowledge it now. <laughs> um, that I wonder if there would have been an ease on or just like a gradual introduction to the difficulty of or the challenge of the Batmobile if more people could have experienced the... Yeah, I almost wonder if they should have built into the story a reason why Batman can't drive it well. Like the overarching Mm. narrative of Arkham Knight is that Scarecrow is uh, has a fear toxin that he's going to release in Gotham and like kill everybody. Mm. And he releases a small portion of it at the top of the game. And then he makes an announcement like all supervillains. He has an ability to assume control of every television and radio whenever he wants (laughs) and tells Gotham that he's going to, you know, poison the whole city. So the city evacuates. Mm, And then Batman basically is trying to stop Scarecrow before he ruins, poisons all of Gotham. Mm -hmm. So like out of nowhere, it's an empty city. Now that gives you the excuse as Batman, you can just drive like a maniac (laughs) There are no good guys in Gotham. So anybody you see, you can just beat up. If you were to like run over an entire bus stop that would normally be full of people, you're fine because nobody's there. Nobody's there. And um, and so, you know, that that's the story excuse for you just being a rampaging lunatic. But maybe they could have like built in that like because of this unexpected, hugely high stakes emergency, they have to unveil a Batman Batmobile that hasn't been tested. Oh, Because sure. only it is strong enough to like survive the poison or something. And so that's yeah. why Batman himself hasn't even trained to use it. Cause he looks like a crazy person, not able to drive his own car for the first yes. third of this game. Yeah. They could be, you know, he, they could still be, uh, building it as, as it, the game is going along. So it's not even something fully like complete, that. something like that. We're figuring it out right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, all all of have... the Batman games. Oh yes. Go ahead. No, after please go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the rogues gallery is, is always like one of the fun parts of Batman. Yes. He's got the best gallery of villains of any superhero. Uh, Spider-Man's a distant second, but um, you know, the Joker, the penguin, the Riddler, uh, they're all insane. Mm hmm. I mean, and ludicrous and silly looking and um, 
just fun, you know, like it makes me laugh as a comedian, every villain in the Batman, uh, games. I just, I laugh with delight at how evil and silly they are. And is Uh, that, is in this game or do we get more of a, more of the rogues gallery to experience compared to the others? Or is this just because it's, no, they're all pretty good at that. Okay, great. Uh, I think, Arkham City is a step up from Arkham Asylum. Arkham City is just bigger than Arkham Asylum, so there's more bad guys in City. But City and Knight are pretty similar in that you've got your main villain. In Arkham City, it's Joker. In Arkham Knight, it's Scarecrow. Um, But there's side quests where you encounter lots of other um, Batman side characters. So I think they're kind of the same. But I I do like the ones in Arkham Knight a little better. They're... they're, um, more outlandish. Professor Pig is my favorite villain. Uh, I doubt you're familiar with this villain. He's not. He's not like a. <laughs> you could have made it up, and I believe you. <laughs> Professor, Professor Pig, Pig. His deal. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know him from the comics. I'm sure he's in the comics, but in the game, he is a plastic surgeon who finds people and wants to make them perfect. But the way he makes them perfect is he turns them into mindless zombies, cuts, <laughs> smooths off their faces totally and handprints um, and like removes their nipples and just like makes them these monstrosities who obey his every command and cannot feel pain. And he's like, ah, oh, now you are perfect. And like, <laughs> while he's performing surgery, he likes to sing opera. He wears a pig mask. Um, and so one of the side quests in Arkham Knight is tracking him down. Yeah. There's all these bodies strung up over the city that have been like deformed by professor pig. And once you have found all of them, you find him and the the battle against him is he's at an operating table. He you are he wants to get you and make you perfect, you Batman. And so all of his little mindless drones are dropping out of the ceiling to attack you. They don't feel pain, so they you have to fight extra hard to get them oh, yeah. to fall unconscious while he's throwing scalpels at you and singing opera, <laughs> wearing a pig mask. And it is so funny to me. It is so ludicrous. And then when you finally beat him and you throw him in the back of your Batmobile and take him down to Gotham jail. The whole time he's like, why? I just <laughs> wanted to make you perfect. With and a voice so like that too. Silly. I loved it. I loved it so much. How crazy. It was. And they're all like that. Oh man. And then Batman's just like, you're going to jail. Broke the law. <laughs> I did not. I made them perfect. You're going to jail now. It's just, the whole thing's comedic to me. I don't find you amusing whatsoever. Yes, exactly. Um, Oh, that's so much fun. So, something I do want to ask you about is there, you know, when you played this game, you've played the fun, fun thing about this experience for you, or that's going to make this part of the discussion interesting, is that you've played this game a few different times. Yes. Um, for any of them, whether it was the first or maybe even that first return, is there mm-hmm. any context that stuck out to you fr- from your life or like just when you were playing it that you that was notable? Well, yes, I have a weird, so, um, I found out something about my brothers. I have two brothers and I'm, I'm very close to them, Kevin and Brian. And, um, one of our like memories, uh, one of our like little precious brotherhood memories is that when the Tim Burton Batman movie came out in 1990, I was uh 20 and they were whatever, um, 15 and 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took them to see it right on opening night. Oh, wow. And it was, you know, this huge blockbuster movie. There had been all this hype for it. We were like little comic book nerds. We went and saw it. We loved it. It was like a little like 
and um and and it and it was one of the first movies in my hometown of Connecticut, Danbury, that it opened on Thursday at midnight. Oh, okay. like literally, and that's a that now that's a common thing for a lot of blockbusters nowadays. Like if a Star Wars movie comes out, you can see it Thursday night, basically. Mm-hmm. But this was sort of new. Like the movie theater was like, we're playing at midnight Thursday, so we went to a sold out midnight screening, and we we loved it. Right, the whole night was like a dramatic, fun staying up late watching a superhero movie thing. Then I found out while I was playing Arkham Knight like the third time that my brothers together, uh, I basically went to college, right? So I was, yeah. they would see every Batman movie together on opening night. Oh. They they had not broken it until the pandemic and then they couldn't um they couldn't see the Matt Reeves one. Oh no. Yeah. Um I think they saw it on the same day and like called each other and stuff. I felt a little left out. I was like, you guys didn't even think of like letting me know, but I, I, think I went to like, college. I didn't die. I think the way it worked out was like when Batman Returns came out, I was gone. They were around. Sure. They went to see it, not mm-hmm. meaning it to be a tradition and only then realized, oh, we saw both of them at open air. <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep that going. It's almost as if you ju- you gave them this gift that they then, let's, you know, yeah, continued to celebrate. <laughs> right, right. Let's, we'll say it like that. But then I found out that Batman's just like, important to them like they and they they're really into the animated series and i was like oh i got i kind of got left out of that in our little brother mythos yeah so like in playing arkham knight i was also trying to be like what is it about batman because i love spider-man i spider-man grabbed me directly but batman was never like my dude Mm -hmm. so i was like what is it and i had to like realize that part of it was my age like Mm. i was 20 when tim burton's batman came out but for I think people who are like in their twenties now and younger, Heath Ledger and Christian Bale like formed Batman in their yeah. in their minds. And to me, I like I really enjoyed those movies, but like they weren't like sentimentally important to me, you know. Um, and so I think like the video games is like the Nolan Batman. Um, mm. So unlike my third or fourth playthrough, I was basically trying to imagine what my brothers would think of it like as I went through it like I tried to see it through their (laughs) eyes like this video game um so uh the context for me was I was trying to mentally work my way into a tradition that I had been left out of (laughs) (laughs) and you know what uh I'd like to think that you succeeded you got there are they video game players at all do they would they have ever touched this game or the series Kevin's a moderate video game player uh, and Brian's not at all. So okay. Kevin tried Arkham City and said it was too big and too hard, and he stopped. But uh, <laughs> I'm t- I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage him to do it. Um, uh, yeah. So Arkham Knight was that that was one context for it. The other context yeah. for it was it was maybe the first big franchise that I tried where I was good at the controller. Like mm. I had spent the whole Spider-Man game learning the controller, yeah. and then I played. Uh, Last of Us and God of War, while still getting good at the controller. Yeah. By the time I got to Batman, I was like, "Oh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty good just at like the mechanics of playing a modern game." Yes, I didn't have to learn that. You you, <laughs> could, you didn't have to like almost like work through it to just enjoy the game and be- yeah, I didn't have to like consciously think about moving the camera with one thumb and yes, moving the player character with another. Yeah. Um. So. It was maybe my first game as like a video game grown up. <laughs> yeah. Know, with mature skills. 
you had gone to video game school and then this and was, was your ready, yeah you're was ready you're out in the real world with arkham knight yeah um yeah and so yeah I've, i i uh, i really really enjoyed it and um I've played that one on several difficulty levels. The highest difficulty level in Arkham Knight is called Nightmare. <laughs> nice. Uh, and it's where the villains are extra hard to defeat and you get no hints over what your next battle move should be. Normally mm. in the game, they sort of hint when you should dodge or oh, yes. do the different yeah. things, but there is no hint in Nightmare. You have to just know it. It's kind of like in Spider-Man how when when you should dodge, there'll be like a little uh, vibration over Spider his sense, head. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Um, right. And Spider-Man ultimate, that spider sense is a lot shorter. Like they don't give you much warning. Uh, and in Batman, they give you none. Okay. So I, I enjoyed that. And, um, I, I thought I was going to, I was going to try to ace all the challenges this last time through, like get a, uh, three stars on all of the challenges, but uh, it was too hard. I, I yeah. did most of them and then gave up on a couple. I was like, Oh, I can't do this one. That's, about that's it. still impressive. God, like Honestly, I'll play games on like a normal difficulty and uh, I'll try to do some of those things too. So the, what, the hearing that you or other people will do it on high difficulties is very impressive. It's fun. Like, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of no fun to be bad at something, but I guess I'm somewhat humble by it because I came to it so late that a lot of my video game experience, I'm not good at it. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm used to that. Well, there you are. Um, Will, it's been uh, so great hearing from you about this game. Um, I want to present a couple options for you. Is there either anything you didn't get to share about it that you would be remiss if you didn't? Or would you mind summarizing just whatever place this game held for you? I'm going to do both real quick. One thing I didn't talk about was the, there's two villains in the Arkham Knight game. Scarecrow's the main one, but the other one is a character called Arkham Knight. Yes. And he's often cited as a limitation of the game. Mm-hmm. Because the Scarecrow character is great and fun and like well-performed. But the Arkham Knight is like tiresome. Mm -hmm. He is a creature who hates Batman and you don't know why until late in the game. Okay. And so he just is constantly angry at you and goading you and being super cocky and weird. And it gets old. I think the voice actor is good, but I just think like the the story of this character is limited. Yes. Um, and it's true. Like it is, I am not excited about the Arkham Knight character hmm. the way I'm excited about the Joker character in Arkham City. And so that is a big limit. That's a way bigger limitation than the Batmobile to me. Yeah. The Batmobile is like, I'm just sort of like, get good, noob. Like just figure it out. GG, but, noob. Yeah. But um, Arkham Knight is, it is a problem. Like they didn't conceive a good enough, pr he's going, he goes to 11 every time he talks. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. And it gets old. Um. There's no, that is, that is, and again, I think the actor's good, but I think that's where the story falls apart. Mm, gotcha. Um, and then the other thing I like about it is the Joker dies at the end of Arkham City. Yes. But he is part of this game because he lives in your mind as a hallucination and he tortures you throughout this game. Nobody else can see him. Only you can see him. And he's threatening to take over your mind throughout the game. And as the game goes on, he's more and more in control of you. Whoa. And you're trying to stave him off. And it's really fun. He also gives you hints sometimes. Like if you're stuck, oh. Joker will like tell you where to go. And that's really fun that you have to like take advice from your that's, enemy. Wow. And Mark Hamill does the performance and he's, you know, outstanding as the Joker. They wrote a great part for him in this. Um, so the Joker is outstanding in Arkham Knight. Mm. So there's three villains. There's Joker, Arkham Knight, and Scarecrow. Two out of three are great. 
One of yeah. them doesn't work so much. I say that's still pretty good. Hey, two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad. Is that a batting yeah. average? We're talking about a Hall of Fame numbers here. Hall of Fame. You got a six six seven batting average. You're, that's you're, crazy. You're, you're going to the Hall of Fame. Um, and uh, special place it has for me in my heart is, I guess it like if to me it felt like my graduate degree of video games. Yeah, it was a, it was a big milestone franchise that I had missed, and now that I know it intimately, I kind of feel like I, I kind of like earned my stripes a little bit of being a video game player. So to me, it was sort of like, oh yeah, I'm. I'm making up for lost time by playing this one. I love that. And look at yeah. you now, just like gaming left and right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you've really listed such a fun list of games that you had been, you've played earlier, played recently. So I think that uh, is so true. Uh, well, um, we're not quite done, but Will, thank you so much for uh, just walking us through your experience with Batman Arkham Knight. Uh, as I told you before the show and and perhaps during, I do have two fun post-show segments prepared for you. Uh, based on this game. The first of which is just the Fact Me by Your Game segment where I just share some fun facts with my guest about the game. Sometimes on the show I share uh, Easter eggs or cheat codes. Uh, Today I've actually got a little bit, uh, I've got a development history thing and then another fun factoid about the release. Um, The first one that I have, I've titled Car Big, Streets Small. So... (laughs) During development, Rocksteady placed a prototype Batmobile in the existing Arkham City map and learned that the claustrophobic city designed for Batman to glide and grapple did not work well for for driving a vehicle. Uh, Gotham City was thus redesigned with wider streets to allow space for the Batmobile and other street traffic to drive without colliding into walls, and buildings uh, were made taller to accommodate the vehicle's ejection ability. Um, you can probably speak on this. Is this something you felt now played playing city and yes, uh, yeah. Knight? Arkham City is way more claustrophobic, which is part mm. of the fun. But I love the vastness of Arkham Knight. Like you can yes. eject out of the car, grapple, and just soar. Yeah, for a tremendous distance, and it's really fun and beautiful. I that might be why I like it more than city. Okay, I like the openness. Interesting. I love that. Yeah, once um, you've maxed out your grappling and soaring ability, it's truly physically insane how far you can. Just go. Eject and soar, but it's really fun. That's great. Um, The second fact that I have for you, I have Mm -hmm. uh, titled Market the Bat. So this is about the marketing of the game's release. Um, The game was originally scheduled to be released during Batman's 75th anniversary celebration in 2014. And as a result, DC presented the, the, uh, they have in quotes, Cape Cal Create, art exhibit in London in June 2014 and at San Diego Comic-Con in July 2014. Uh, the exhibit featured contemporary artists painting on a cape and cowl designed by Asher Levine and based on the Batsuit for the game. Uh, in May 2015, a life-size replica of the Batmobile from the game designed by West Coast Customs uh, was on display at MCM London Comic-Con and then starting on May 8th, 2015, Until the release of the game, Rocksteady released weekly behind-the-scenes videos called Arkham Insider, featuring Rocksteady staff describing various aspects of Arkham Knight's gameplay as well as answering fan questions. Um, I wanted to highlight this because it's always fun to see how games are marketed and what sort of stunts they pull like this. Um, And uh, as much as we get to experience those with games that are going on, that are coming out currently, that are more, I guess, that are you know, as we're experiencing them, 
it's easy for these details to get lost and forgotten about the games as much as the games themselves will be or easier to remember. So I just felt like shouting that out. Sometimes those are fun. Um, I agree. Yeah. The That'll do it for the Fact Me Buy Your Game segment. And we'll go ahead and get into the final one, the game recommendations. Now, this, Will, is my one forced uh, tie-in to the movie Call Me By Your Name, of okay. course, which the show is named after, where I am going to treat uh, Batman Arkham Knight as your passionate summer love. And okay. like... In the movie, uh, I'm in the scenario, you are no longer going to be able to have your fling with Arkham Knight, and eventually, you're going to move on and date other people or games in this situation. So, each of this, each of these wrecks I have, all three, have a certain something in common that's a f- familiar of this game. So, okay. we'll see what you think. Okay. If you want a game like this, and it's open world, skill tree, uh, combat... Uh, similarities, but you want more fantasy and you want some J.R.R. Tolkien, I'll recommend Shadow of Mordor. Have you heard Ooh. of this game before? Yes, it has been recommended to me. Alex Berg recommended this game very passionately. Uh, Alex Berg, Crash Bandicoot himself? That's incredible. Yes. Um, so that that's your first recommendation, very similar to the style of game that you brought on today. But second one is if you want to be Batman still, but instead of this uh, open-world action-adventure game, you want to just play a side-by-side fighting game, I'll recommend Injustice 2. Uh, I don't think I you named any like of the traditional fighters as a game you've played. Have you ever played one of those? No, I haven't. Well, if you ever you know miss your, your buddies from the DC Universe and I think some Ninja Turtles, uh, Injustice <laughs> 2 is available for you out there. Okay. <laughs> and for the final recommendation is if you want another kind of bat the baseball kind i'll recommend mlb the show 23 which is the most modern baseball game that i guess we have today thank you yeah you see how i got there um i did yeah that you earned it so we'll go ahead and recap that's shadow of mordor injustice 2 and mlb the show 23 uh that'll do it for the game recommendations and will that'll actually bring us to the end of the show so uh, before we go and plug whatever uh, each of us has to plug, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and doing this. This was such a blast to hear from you and not only a little bit more about, you know, your life, but uh, some of more of your gaming history. So thanks for doing it. My pleasure, Connor. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, what would you like to plug on your way out? It could be stuff that we've already talked about earlier or stuff that, oh, the listener doesn't even know about. Uh, I'll plug two things. Um, awesome. My brother, Kevin who left me out of his watching Batman with our other brother. Um, We do a podcast called screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. We talk about Mm. comic books. Uh, We have a series on a couple of Batman uh, arcs in our, in our feed. It's a free show, no paywall. Um, Check it out. Uh, We do an episode every week right now. We're doing episodes. We're going over issues of the uncanny X-Men from the mid eighties. And it's really fun. Awesome. So that they, was the oh, first then I'll, thing. I'll, yes, that's the first thing. And the second thing is my improv school yeah. that you were kind enough to let me talk about. Uh, WGimprovschool.com. If you're looking to take some improv from some very experienced teachers in a, in a small boutique school environment, um, you know, uh, veteran teachers, small community, um, come check us out. I love it. Uh, and if you ever have like watched or been uh, – 
taught by Will in any way, you know, you know that he's a fantastic improviser, just one of the greatest. So check it out. We'll have a link to both the show and the school in the show notes. Um, and then Will, I'll just go ahead and close this out with some plugs of my own. Great. So the show art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn Jay. You can find him and his wonderful works outside of the show art on Instagram at Glenn with uh, two N's dot J-A-Y on Instagram. Uh, you, the show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You can check out his show, another video game podcast, Video Games, a comedy show, more of a roundtable style uh, chat about video games. Sometimes we have topics like uh, we have the Roast of Mario that's on there. Sometimes we draft our favorite games from a console. Um, who knows what's there? I think you'll find it pretty fun, so check it out. I'm on social media, Connor underscore McCabe. Uh, sometimes I stream on Twitch, and I've been very intentional about doing that again soon at twitch.tv slash cons, C-O-N-Z is cool, 69. And lastly, as I plugged earlier, check us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, where you'll find uh, so much other fun uh, bonus video game content. And if you like me and the discussions I have with people on games, I think you'll like what you find there. But that'll do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Game. We will see you on the next one. Bye.